Good morning and welcome into another edition of Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host, Daniel Shoftoff, C70Vet at C70 on Twitter. With me, as always, Alan Medlock from Red Dirt Red Burke and A Medlock One on Twitter. Coming to you Friday morning after the Cardinals have yet again split with the Milwaukee Brewers. And Alan, it was interesting. We're seeing some talk about this, and it, it it's an interesting little quirk, I guess, maybe. But Cardinals have played three four-game series with the Brewers so far and have been up two games to one in all three of them, only to wind up splitting all of them. Um, those are the kind of games you hate to think that they're going to come back and bite you at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's, they're pretty evenly ma- I You know what? I say that. But uh, I feel like the Cardinals are the better team mm-hmm. of the two right now. Um, yeah. Yesterday, getting off to the hot start, I kind of thought that, uh, that hey, they maybe they can seal the deal on this and pick right. up a game, and then you never know where it's going to go, and you just, you just you know couldn't hold it. But, yeah, I hope not. But, I mean, for them to be so far ahead of everybody else in the division and to be split right down the middle, I mean, it could make for a uh, quite the eventful summer. Yeah, it surely could. And, you know, we have seen the Brewers, you know, some of that's, we've talked about it, based on weaker competition, but not all of it. I mean, they are a good team. They've had some pitching injuries, but, man, as long as you've got Corbin Burns on the mound, you're in pretty good shape because, I mean, that was, I mean, when you saw that game, it's like, if at least you lost the game, you, you know, if you lose the Cor- Burns game, that's okay because you don't expect yeah. to win that one. No, I agree. And he was, I don't know how many teams are going to beat him on how well he threw that on uh, Monday. Yeah. You know, it's one of those, that was, that was impressive, but the other ones you feel like you're in the whole time and, and uh, you know, hopefully you can, you could build a lead until Woodruff comes back or whatnot and, and, uh, and uh, feel pretty good about your chances. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, again, Milwaukee's a team that really does play a shortened game, right? I mean, if you if they've got a lead in the, especially in the eighth or ninth, but mm-hmm. you know, definitely, in, you know, sometimes even in the seventh, it's really difficult to to beat them. Um, not that most teams don't win those kind of games, but I mean, even even so, it's like you don't expect to get much of anything off of Devin Williams and Josh Hader. Um, that was the frustrating thing yesterday, right? I mean, they had some chances there, um, middle of the game, and you know it just didn't happen. And then once it got late enough, you just just wasn't wasn't likely. But Cardinals do win, um, you know, two there uh, after losing two in Boston. So you're right; this team feels like it's a good team, and it's for the most part showing it. But it's kind of still seeming like it's trying to find its footing. A little bit. Yeah, that's uh, – I'm always – you know, you're going to be elated when you win a series there, but you're pretty content when you split one with them. 
especially on the road. Um, but you know, yeah, I agree. It, even, I feel like they're missing some big component in the bullpen. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like that's the that's the thing we're picking on right now. But but uh, and now a lot of a lot of uh, production out of the catcher spot, which I think they'll have to address. But yeah. but uh, by the way, we we talked on the show last week about them signing a uh, a veteran at some point, and they signed Romine right after we mm-hmm. we quit recording essentially. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I there's just a different feel to them this year that makes you feel a little bit confident that they could go on a pretty serious run. Uh, you would hope that they had separated themselves a little bit from Milwaukee, but it doesn't seem like they have. But, uh, you know, Council seems to push the right buttons a lot of times. And so being mid-June, uh, I'm not real sure what they have, or late June, not sure what either team has. But it goes without saying that they're significantly better than anybody else in the division. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, and again, expanded playoffs, it, you know, I wouldn't say it's a lock for the Cardinals to be there, but it's pretty close. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, they're going to be one of the top two in the division, and I know that that doesn't necessarily mean anything. But right now, they're one, two, three, four. There's only they're sixth um, in the National League uh, right now, tied with the Brewers. So they're tied, I guess, tied for fifth, um, and they're only like a game behind Atlanta, you know, stuff like that. So um, it there's no particular reason to think that they can't make it to October. They're going to have a play-in game. I don't think they're going to be one of those top two teams, especially the way the Mets and the Dodgers are playing. But yeah, um, but you know, you feel pretty good about that. Um, and it's a team that if things click, you know, they could make a run. The things have still got to click though, and that's what we're worried about. Not worried about right now. You're right. It's mid June. You kind of you have some time to kind of figure this out, but. Um, you know, one of those things that needs to start clicking at some point, and, and I'm not really laying blame yet, but, um, is Jack Flaherty, you know, we've seen him in two starts. Yeah. Um, neither one of them has he gone very long, which is to be expected. He's still on a bit of a pitch count, but you would have expected a little deeper and a little bit better. You know, the walk again, the Brewers walking or again, um, what walking four or five. And I don't remember it with a lot in, mm-hmm. in three innings. Um, it's a struggle and this team really, especially when you get to the playoffs really needs a good Jack Flaherty. Yeah, I agree with that. And you know, it's one of those to where you, you can look back and think, well, you know, he is essentially uh, still on spring training and Mm -hmm. you know, we're going to make the excuses, but yeah, that's, that's the one that you felt like uh, they're trying not to waste those bullets or he could have done another, uh, you know, rehab starter to, to kind of fix some of these. So, so they know the urgency as well, as well as we do. Um, but yeah, the, you're right. And they were, Milwaukee was setting on things like they know he was throwing, throwing them too. I've noticed. And so that will be something to watch, but yeah, I'm willing to give that is, you know, as long as they can to figure it out, as long as he's healthy, you, you feel like that he'll be back to, you know, somewhat close to what he would resembled in 18 and 19 at some point, or you would hope so. And then you feel like you got a per you, you have a pretty good rotation at that point, but yeah, that's one that what area they need an uptick because they're going to need a, uh, you know, yeah, that, that could make for a uh, a pretty stout rotation. And, and then when you look at what New York could potentially have, that you know, you, you're going to need reinforcements in the worst way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I it the idea of facing the Mets in a short series is a is a danger. Yeah. Thing. Even though the Cardinals, you know, were able to do that earlier in the year and almost, you know, played played with the Mets. They didn't win either series, but they could have, especially with the first one. Um, 
but I don't, they didn't have DeGrom in those series either. I mean, and I don't think, and uh, to face both those two guys um, would be hard, but you know, that's a long way down the line. Yeah. Baseball happens and stuff like that. Um, what, uh, man, I was going somewhere. I don't remember what it was. Um, oh yeah. Flaherty, um, walked five, but you, you're, you said they were sitting on it. I think some of that may just be the approach from Milwaukee, right? I mean, yeah. Adam Wainwright, I heard, I heard him, I heard Dan McLaughlin say on the game on Thursday that, you know, he talked to Wainwright and Wainwright was talking about how, you know, Milwaukee's low in chase percentage and he shouldn't have been trying to get them to chase because they're not going to do that. And not that Flaherty's a guy that tends to do that, but, you know, as he's still trying to figure out his command, he's not, they're not going to, they're not swinging at stuff, you know, that becomes a problem, especially for Adam Wainwright. That's one reason that the two starts that Adam Wainwright has had this year that didn't go five innings were against the Brewers in Milwaukee. Um, they just, you know, he needs people to be, you know, kind of fooled and kind of expanding their zone. Um, and if Milwaukee's not doing it, they're going to be a tough matchup for him. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh yeah. That's the thing is the, the, you never want to give a whole ton of credit, but I just feel like what Milwaukee does is so impressive. And I think a lot of that is, is council. You know, they, uh, it, it, they're an impressive team to watch. It, and it's frustrating because you, you would like the Cardinals to just separate themselves in the division. But it's just so tough to do when it with a team like that. I mean, mm-hmm. you can go position by position and, and kind of tell, like, you know, Urias is a guy that they actually made the Adamas trade for because they knew he couldn't play shortstop. Well, then he's having a good year, and Adamas is hitting a ton of home runs. You know, it's just like every button they push is correct. And it, it may be due to that approach you were talking about. Yeah. There was something, uh, maybe it was a Derek Gould um, podcast description. I don't, I didn't listen to the podcast, but there was something about how the Brewers have become the model organization in the NL Central, which yeah. is very possible. I mean, to, for, for what they're doing, especially in a market like Milwaukee, um, it's a, it's a smart front office. It's a, it's a, active owner it's a good manager i mean everything seems to be working together um you know it feels a little i mean the cardinals have had to deal with this over the last 20 years right a, a team comes up and has yeah. this window where they're pretty good and they're a rival to the cardinals and then they fall off and then somebody else comes up um you know milwaukee's had a little bit of staying power in that it feels like yeah. I, you know without looking at it and of course they were you know they struggled in 2020 but that's 2020 um, you'd have to look, but they've, they've had some real good success in there now, it, you know, and again, that it helps in this division with the pirates always being bad. And one of the Cubs or the reds probably going to be bad at some times and this year, both. Um, but you still got to put the resources out there. You got to put the players out there to take advantage of those bad teams and Milwaukee has done that. And you're right. It's, it's a, it's an organization that right now doesn't, I mean, I don't know if they're, I don't know what their minor league system looks like and I don't know anything like that, but, but right now it's a team that doesn't look like it's going anywhere for a while. No. And they, and they, it's funny. There's, there's slight development and then there's the situation they go out and get it if they need it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a, a few Cardinals fans are envious of that, you know, cause they pull the trigger relatively quickly to go and do those things. But, you know, I, I would say they're, they're, uh, they're, um, 
their forecasting must be pretty good. And the way that they see some guys through, I mean, it's, you know, the, the Jackie Bradley Jr. thing didn't work. So they go and get Hunter Renfro, who's a big arm home run threat. He's had a pretty decent year. You know, it's one of those you could you can lose Lorenzo Cain. Um, it, it, I don't know. You, you've, they've been here and they've overcome two terrible years of Yelich. You know what I, you know what I mean? Yep. And it's it's just one of those it's it's pretty impressive what they're doing but but you're right we've we've heard this before and that uh, you know, that that you know they're the new face of the division and you know they they are showing more staying power than I thought they would because I keep thinking they're due for a down year but they're yep. you know they're still still playing well yeah because they're at one time I think it felt like they didn't have really the pitching to do yeah. anything um, and, and they were good, but it's like, well, it's not going to last because the pitching's not good. And now it's like, well, their offense isn't necessarily that great. Their pitching staff is good, um, but they're still able to do that. Um, yeah, it's pretty much. And again, a, a good organization too, because, you know, you mentioned Lorenzo Cain who had struggled pretty much all year and was fairly notable about being at the end of his rope and kind of, you know, some articles I was reading even last week, um, talking, he was talking about, you know, how he knew it was time. It was due to end and stuff like that, but they waited until he reached that 10 oh, yeah. year mark. Um, and so he could draw the pension before they released him. Um, and I don't, I mean, some organizations would do that. I'm not saying everybody would, uh, would just let it, let him go. But, um, I think it's notable that, you know, they did that. They, they worked with him and said, Hey, you know, we'll, we'll carry you for a little bit. And then, you know, when we get to that point, we'll and it. Everybody who seemed to be perfectly content with that. Um, I, you know, I, I, that's something the Cardinals have done in the past. Um, I think other organizations do, but it's always a good thing to see because so often teams do treat their players just like disposable commodities. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, the business side of it, uh, gets overlooked a lot, of, a lot. And I feel like the teams can, can rely on that. And Hey, it's simply a business. We have to do what's right for the team, but no, go with somebody that's meant so much to you. And, uh, it, you know, it says a lot that he'll, uh, he'll get high praise in at least two organizations, right. you know, with Milwaukee and, and Kansas city with, uh, with his attitude and his approach to things. But, you know, it's impressive that, that Milwaukee's willing to, uh, to do the same thing that, uh, we expect of someone like Lorenzo Cain. Uh, so talking about players as disposable commodities, let's talk about the bullpen and the people we need to get rid of. <laughs> um, <laughs> that uh, yeah, Katie Williams got an article this morning at the Athletic. I've only had a chance to just kind of skim through it, but it was. I watched some of the comments from Ollie Marmol yesterday about Drew Verhagen, and I will say there's one thing about Ar- Marmol that we didn't always get with everybody else. He's fairly direct. Um, I mean, Schilt was to some degree, but Marmol was like, Hey, these guys got to be better. And I mean, he's not like, Hey, our bullpen needs to be better. He's like, Drew Verhagen needs to be better. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you've got to, you know, he's got to make pitches and he's got to, you know, he's got good stuff, but he's got to learn how to use it, blah, blah, stuff like that. And it's, it's interesting. And I always wonder when players are actually mentioned like that, maybe just because of past history how long the rope really is, right? Verhagen signed a two-year, $5.5 million contract, I believe that's right, uh, this offseason. So it's even though it's two years, it's not a deal that just necessarily is something that the Cardinals have to ha- keep up with. Um, 
But him and McFarland and Whitgren have definitely not proven to be those guys in the middle of the bullpen that can hold, you know, hold a one or two run lead or hold a one or two run deficit and make it not worse, um, which is something this team needs. Yeah, that's uh, and I don't know. There's something that feels like it's missing from last year's bullpen, even with all the issues that they seem to have at times throwing strikes and whatnot. Mm -hmm. There's some kind of power element that that it feels like they're missing now to get out of trouble and and stuff like that. And I'm just really not sure what that is on my side. But but yeah, it's funny. It's one of those to where we bullpen every year. It seems to uh, that seems to be something that we key on key in on Mm -hmm. just because it's so easy to see when opportunities are missed when it's later in the game. So I, I, I'll be curious to see what they have. You know, we talked about Whitley a little bit before the show, and that's a name that, that seems to be uh, seems to carry a lot of weight. Um, sure, Hicks does as well. Yeah, uh, and, but it's just I, I'm kind of yeah. You're right. I mean, it's one of those. There's guys that come in right now that you just don't feel like you have much of a chance, and and uh, yeah, it seems like we've said this for several years in a row. <laughs> yeah, it, and, and I mean, bullpen is always. I think everybody. Every team has to remake their bullpen, uh, at least at some point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, know, you know, even Milwaukee probably is going to try to add some middle relief guy or, you know, some guy like we're talking about here, this this sixth, seventh inning guy, a guy that can hold a, a one or two run lead or, or deficit. Um, because even though they've got great back end of the bullpen, they probably could um, do something more with that. Um, but yeah, teams do that. And that's, it's, it's fairly easy to do, right? I mean, because one, you know, it's small sample size too. I mean, you've got a guy, you know, if you have a guy that comes in now between now and the end of the year, he's going to throw what 40 innings, maybe, um, maybe not even that much. Um, so, you know, it, it's, you know, a good few innings can, can, can help a lot and fresh change of scenery, uh, a new pitch, uh, anything could at least get you by for the rest of a year or something. So I think that's one reason teams do it, but um, yeah, it, and it's not, it's not as drastic as it was last year. Like you said, um, what they're missing, I think is Luis Garcia um, yeah. and his, you know, extreme fastball. Cause I don't, even with the guys that they have, now they don't have that kind of, you know, middle relief power. I mean, they've got it at the end of the bullpen with Gallegos and Hillsley, but you know, maybe Oviedo can. Uh, he can throw it hard, but um, it would be helpful to have another guy like that. To, but you know, everybody wants a guy like that too, I guess. So. Yeah, it's the octane in the bullpen. I'm yeah. always a believer in that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah, because I always we'll want see. a guy that gets, can get out of a jam with a strikeout. You and I were talking exactly. about that earlier. But, you know, if you've got runners on first and second, or you got runners on second and third, and you bring this guy in, you've got to at least have a solid chance at a strikeout. Um, yeah. You know, I think that's the problem with a guy like TJ McFarlane. You need to bring him in with runners on first and second. Well, if he doesn't get that ground ball, then you're doomed. Um, exactly. Um, and that, Or if that ground ball gets through or whatever. Um, so... I mean, do you think, I mean, there are times, of course, that these guys, all these guys that we've talked about have had good outings, uh, have had scoreless outings or anything like that. They're just not as consistent with them. Um, with Hicks, I think Hicks went out on a rehab, right? He he pitched an inning in Memphis. He'll probably work up so. to, 
I don't know how much they'll work him up at the minute. At, if he's coming in to be this, this one or two inning guy, I don't know how long they stretch him out or at Memphis, but I'm sure he has a few more outings. Um, they have moved Oviedo and Thompson up into this role as well, who have initially done pretty well in it. Um, do you think this is something that they're going to try to work at now, or is this kind of another one of those things that they're just going to kind of monitor, use Verhagen and such in very low lever situations until they figure out something out, uh, and then just try to make the changes of the trade deadline? I would think so. Yeah, that's the Cardinals' MO, isn't it? Yeah. They're going to try to, you know, limit the damage and, and try to figure some things out and be as patient as possible until they get some of these guys back. And I, I think that they'll – it was funny this week when they came out and said that that, that Hicks will not come back uh, in the rotation, but he's mm-hmm. going to come back. It was more of the bullpen that, that we had talked about last week. Um, I feel like that adds a little bit of urgency to it, meaning that, a couple of rehab starts and to make sure that he's healthy and he bounces back well within the last few days of an appearance that he'll be back fairly soon. But, but to answer your question, I, I am just convinced that they're never going to move quickly on any of those things now. And that that's kind of how they have become the face of the, uh, of the central over time because they're never in that big of a hurry. But even seeing that uh, this could be their, their biggest obstacle now that it, I just I feel, still feel they'll be as patient as possible and pick their spots on on where they feel like they can give somebody a bounce back. Yeah, I think that's fair. There's not a whole lot. We you and I were looking at it. There's not a whole lot at Memphis, you know, from people that aren't on the forty man or whatever. I mean, you could bring Packy Naughton back up, and I think he's done better overall than you know probably the Verhagen or the or the McFarland. But it's not necessarily going to give you you know a, a real big boost or anything. Um, so yeah, I, and I mean, here we are, we're, we're, it's June 24th, you know, we're only a month away from really being active at the, you know, the dreadline really being active anyway, you know, it's not too surprising that they're going to, you know, wait a little bit longer because, you know, we're talking, especially with the all-star break in there as well, you're not talking about just a whole lot. Now, I mean, you could lose some games in that span that could hurt you, but you might not either. And, and, and there's no... You know, I'm sure they're talking. I'm sure they're laying groundwork and looking around at players and stuff like that. But, you know, I can't imagine, even with the tra- the All-Star game being, what, like the 18th or 19th or whatever it is this year, which is like a week later than normal. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine them doing anything before that, uh, even though that, that only leaves you, you know, two weeks. Now, the trading deadline, a little bit longer this year. They move it to August 2nd um, instead of July 31st. But still that's just basically two weeks after the all-star game and um it, it should be an active couple of weeks for the for the league but i don't know that the cardinals do anything until then yeah i i would be shocked if they did you know what i mean i would be blown away if they would ever make a move like milwaukee has it at times um you know, and other teams but uh, but yeah that's i feel like they're going to be as patient as possible see what falls in their lap and I, i've read several articles that said pitching is going to be tough to come by anyway at the, at the uh even at the deadline. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I probably expect to see this. Like you said, Whitley will, will be back at some point. Um, other than that, I'm not real familiar with a lot of the other guys, but I feel like they'll be they'll try to stay the course as long as they can and uh, to try to keep their head above water until a move can be made. And that feels like the only move they're going to make, right? I mean, unless you – know, we, we heard something, I read, I think it was in um, Katie's article there, that Stephen Matz may 
be you know come back soon i mean i would assume soon be if all-star break or whatever the case may be but then he may be recovered if if he had a setback i guess they could trade for starting pitcher and, and move palante back into this role here but you know it doesn't seem like if Matt's is coming back you know there's not really a room for a starter and the i don't I mean, this just doesn't look like, unless you're going to talk about catcher, which I don't know that they're going to for various reasons. Um, I don't think there's much you can do trading for the offense as well. I mean, it feels like this team is, if Mo's going to do something, it's pretty much just going to be the bullpen, which is not unsurprising. Um, But I think it's more defensible this year. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think that the uh, mats will be, what Matt's will be the uh, the injury that determines whether they do make a move in the rotation, mm-hmm. I would think. Uh, other than that, it's probably going to be another pretty vanilla trade deadline. Uh, and this may be the first year that we've said it in five or six years that y- you feel pretty good even if they do just tweak a little bit and not have to make a big move. But mm-hmm. but we've said that before, so we'll see uh, <laughs> we'll see if they can avoid any major injury down that you know to kind of force their hand, which we hope doesn't happen. Yeah, that's that's the other thing is, you know, Tyler O'Neill goes out on Sunday with a hamstring. I haven't seen, I know obviously he went on the 10-day IL. Um, I haven't seen if it was severe or not, um, or when they expect him to be back. But that's the second time that he's gone on the, on the injured list this year. Dylan Carlson has gone on once as well. And... As much as it's nice to have Juan Yepes's bat in the lineup, he has been exposed at times in the outfield. Um, you know, could could there be that? Could there be the guy that we thought Corey Dickerson was out there that they go and get? Um, because I can't imagine they're. Gonna, I hope they're not going to just rely on Corey Dickerson coming back. Yeah, that I, I I'm not real sure the. Um... Now I saw this week that he had a setback, but he played yesterday, correct? Yeah, he he, he had he he played that first game. Well, from what I understand, and I haven't kept up completely, he played that first game what a week or so ago and hit a home run, and then he had soreness and sat out for four or five days, um, and then he came back and played at least once or twice. I haven't seen if if he played what else. But that that's my understanding. He is, yeah, he's he's back playing now. He's played in three games down there, um, and he's three for seven. So. Yeah, it's, that's and I just I have a feeling that that they're not going to look at that as sunk cost, and they're going to try to do something with him. Um, hopefully, you know, I'm I'm not real sure, but that's I would be surprised if they make an offensive move, which probably means that's exactly what they're going to do. You know, <laughs> after all these years of saying that uh, that's what they should have done, it 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 may be something like that. But but you know, I you know, I'm just not sure. I just anymore, I have very little faith in them moving off money that they've signed. Yeah. You know, that's, I feel like that's going to go in Verhagen's favor and in uh, Dickerson's favor. Is, I mean, yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I think if there's any year that they did something like that, especially in the margins, um, it would be this year just because of, you know, Pumas, yeah. Wainwright, um, Yachty. But I still, I mean, a five and a half million dollar contract, which you've already paid out. You know, for Dickerson, they've already paid out about half of that. So it's what to be you know, yeah, that's true. Three million for him, uh, Verhagen. It's closer to probably four because it's spread over two years. Um, but that's that's in the range of money I can see them eating. 
um, because they have done that before with Wigginton and, and things of that nature. Yeah. Um, you know, you get much more than that. Then no, then yeah, they're, you're getting every opportunity um, or they'll try to figure out a way to trade or something like that. But you know, they don't have a whole lot of contracts that are any bigger than that. So they don't have to you know, yeah. worry about it either. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I don't expect this team to look a lot of different. I really, I guess it's probably pretty likely, especially if Tyler Neal stays out that Dickerson returns to St. Louis, which is not what we expected when he went out necessarily, but I don't, know that he gets a whole lot of play um i don't know i mean who knows maybe he'll maybe he found something that over this injury and um it'll be more like what the cardinals thought they were getting out of him um you know and then you have to figure out what you're gonna do with yepes and all those kind of stuff which is interesting discussions to have i yeah. guess um because it does i mean is it are you with me here on this? It feels like Yepes needs to DH as much as he can because he can't play first base with Goldschmidt out. I mean, the times that Goldschmidt out, that's great. But I don't know. It's getting a little dicey in the outfield at times. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh there were a couple of balls he misplayed, you know, the big one the other night. And then yesterday mm-hmm. he looks pretty bad on one that went over his head. The, uh, I, I feel like they can get it. They they think they can get away with it by giving him three at bats than going with Newt Bar. I think. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's part of the beauty of the DH as well. You know, everybody's going to need a rest, and and I I really don't second guess a lot of what Marmol's done. He's actually been pretty impressive to me. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, there's there's going to be shortcomings on that, I and mean, we kind of anticipated it. But you'd like to see the bat as much as possible, just not the glove. Um. Were you are you surprised as we talk a little about this how often he has used like Goldschmidt and Arenado in that DH spot? I am, I am, especially in especially in this series. Now I feel like there was probably a little more to the to the back than uh, right of Goldschmidt than they wanted to admit. But I was surprised to see uh, Nolan as the DH yesterday. Um, I understand the day after the night game type situation, but that was one of those that. You know, I guess you're not putting any importance on any series at this point, especially when you know you're going to get no worse than a split. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of surprised to see him not playing yesterday, honestly. Yeah, um, I get they want to give these guys rest. I mean, that's yeah. really what they're doing. And I feel like they've got it basically scheduled out. Like, yeah, they know in – August when Arnado's going, or they're going to, you know, they're doing it now so that they don't have to as much in August. I guess that's possible, but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Nolan DH'd on the 13th here. He DH'd on the 23rd. Um, he DH'd on the fourth in the double header. So that's only three times this month. Um, but still, uh, then on the 22nd, but yeah, there seems to be a fairly regular, you know, like nine to 10 days if they, unless there's something, up that and i guess that's fine i mean i guess it works i mean i I don't mean wrong um but you know nolan's played he played 157 games last year you know and every one of them was out in the field and he's not a guy that i have thought necessarily needs the break but you know he's got 14 homers and a 3.4 b war this year so maybe the the little extra time off the field has helped um and i guess the really 
if they are kind of, you know, banking, uh, to use air quotes, some, some rest for him this way so that he can play in the second half, which will of course be hotter and, um, but more important, um, then we'll see if that works out as well. And maybe he won't, you know, have any kind of fade or any kind of, you know, wear down because of that. Well, and you know, it's funny that right now that is the, some of those are buzzwords. Mm-hmm. You know, banking, resting, right. you know, all of those things to where you, you have to have depth to do and that kind load, of started. Load management. Load management. Exactly. Exactly. And it uh, started with, uh, started with Tampa Bay on a, uh, on a smaller scale. Then it got blown up with how the Dodgers mm-hmm. do it. And did you see how San Francisco pulled it off last year to win all their games? And I'm probably missing somebody somewhere, but you know, your roster of, of, of 25 plus, uh, now everybody plays and contributes and, and we're going to see more of it. And that was part of the designated hitter going in and, and well, part of it, we know it was a money situation right, too, right. but, but, uh, the, uh, it, it's, you, they're going to play everybody. They're going to rest everybody. And it just, yeah, it, it, it's just how it is. And it, it's funny cause we've been talking for, you know, the last five or six years about how, how much better Molina performs rest. And, mm-hmm. and maybe we're all onto something on that. And I feel like uh, you know, Arnado's hopefully benefits from it, and they're gonna they're gonna play. And and if if Donovan keeps up, he's gonna be special uh, to have down the uh, down the the pennant stretch as well. And 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 maybe they be put, are pushing all the right buttons. Maybe I, I you hope so. Um, we'll have we can't. We'll have to look back at it, I guess, at the end of the year yeah. and judge more it's than just everything is so everything is so analytical now. And you I know, even even, yeah. the, even the rest days, it, it's it's crazy how that has flipped in the way that it has. Yeah, yeah, because it used to be, and it you know, of course, there's a lot of things that used to be this badge of honor that you know that you could play yeah. all the time or stuff like that. But you know, there, yeah. Kyle Ripken's streak is safe because I don't think anybody. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I mean. I wonder if anybody played 162 last year. I'm sure somebody did, um, but there's not many. Um, you know, that being said, it does feel like Brendan Donovan plays about every day. So maybe, maybe it's going to be somebody like that. It's this, the, uh, the guy that's not good enough to be the, the one you worry about resting, but it's good enough to be out there all the time. Yeah. Um, that may be the only kind of guy that can, can play a whole game, a whole, a whole season anymore. But, um, yeah, it's just uh, it, it'll be it, it's interesting to see that, and, and it, yes, it, you know, looking it up now, it it's probably not as often as I feel like it, but just you know, just to see guys like Nolan in there, it's, it feels like oh wow, we, he just DH. Well, I guess it's been a couple of weeks now, but um, and, and the and the Goldschmidt thing really threw me because I didn't, yeah, he DH'd, it, um, but then we didn't realize I didn't realize about the back issue, and I was like, okay, yeah. that, that makes sense. Um, but between the days off and, you know, and de-aging, but, you know, obviously his back seems to be not too bad off since he hit a home run that night too. So, um, so yeah, that's, I mean, interesting. It's it's interesting as teams figure out how they want to use this in the national league. Right. Um, it's not, it's definitely not the DH we grew up with, right. The American league, big hulking guy that can't play anywhere. Um, that's, it just a, it's just a, an extra spot now, and um, it's, yeah. It's oh, it, well, and it's funny that's uh, um, it's almost you can put an eh there instead of a dh. You mm-hmm. know, because what they're doing is you, they're using it as rest. There's there's not the standard 
designated hitter, like you said, that we're used to, you know, and it's, it's very fluid on, on how it's being used. And it, but a lot of it to me is, is anymore just on the rest factor. You know, it's, uh, and we've seen that even with a guy that probably could stay and do it pretty easily. And Yepes that, uh, uh, it's, it, it, they've, they have not straight off that, that it's, it's the rest day for a lot of the guys. Yep. For sure. And, um, um, holes. I mean, I, it's easy to, you know, I hate to say it. It's kind of easy to forget about that. The, uh, that, you know, you have the guy in the position that, that you assume would probably be in it all the time, especially with lefties. And we, I think that I may not be the only one to think that he was going to hit a hell, heck of a lot more than, than, uh, he probably should have against right-handers. Yeah. And just be just put in that position all the time, and that that hasn't really happened. No, no, he has batted a little bit more against righties than probably he should, um, especially given that his batting average has now dropped under two hundred. Um, but it's not been constant. It's not been running out there every day, uh, which it does feel like that would have been something Mike Matheny would have done. Yeah, um, probably not Schilt as much. I think Schilt would have. Yeah, although, but you know. Albert coming back into a clubhouse that has a new manager and, but it probably helps too. Right. I mean, it's not a guy that has the same kind of organizational clout that he would have if he'd stayed the whole time or what he had 10 years ago. Um, but, and I also think that, like we say, the game is, is changing and it's like, look, we think this is the best way to use you. Um, uh, are you on board with that? And and I'm sure they had the, you know they had those discussions beforehand. And and Albert's at least got some sort of good idea of what he can do now. Maybe I'm sure it's still a little bit inflated because I mean that's baseball players. Um, but he knows he's not Albert Pujols of five or ten years ago. Um, yeah, and he, you know, he does seem to be just glad to be here <laughs> to some degree and, and helping this team win. Hopefully, um, that said, man, it feels like it's been a long time since he's had a big hit too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I apologize. I was reading an article about yeah. some, uh, of some, uh, of it potential available relievers and that they're going to be out there, but some of them guys that we talked about close to 10 years ago. You know, so that's what I honestly, I mean, Colome is one there, and I was like, I remember pushing for that six or seven years ago yep, when he yep, was a closer, yeah. you know, on a team three three times ago. So right. I apologize. Can you ask oh, me the question you. again? Um, I was just saying that, you know, Albert seems to have a pretty good idea yeah. of where he's at, but it feels like it's been I, a while since he's had a big hit. Exactly. And you know what? I agree with that because even yesterday's ball against Hader, he, he stung. Mm-hmm. You know, for, you know, a deep fly ball, you know, in right field. And it's funny. It's also one of those, uh, you know, when Lou Gehrig decided to retire is when they, you, you know, they applauded him for the routine play at first. Yeah. And I catch myself doing that for Albert now every time he makes contact. And I know that sounds terrible, but, uh, you know, it's just that time of the of your career and your your heroism that, mm. that uh, yeah, you, you cheer for. But I agree with you. It's that more becoming more of that presence than anything. And it, I wanted to make a comment on this to where I felt like, and th- this may surprise you coming from me, Schilt was more of that traditionalist that he probably would have put Pujols in the lineup every day. You think so? Just to play to, just to, play to the history and to the fan base a little bit. And I just don't think Marmol has done that. And I think that Marmol has done it, has used him more as that additional coach than anything. Yeah. That's that's fair. I think that 
I think he would have played more under Shield. I think it was it's kind of that step stair step. He would have played probably every day against Matheny. Um, he would have played a lot against Shield, and he's playing more than he's playing against Marmol. Um, it's and we'll see how that works. I mean, in the second half, it may be less, right? Especially if they bring in a different, um, a different bat for some reason. Um, but because I, I, you know, I do think there's a, you know, a desire to win, and you know, if Albert can't, if it's just a okay, it's going to surprise somebody if you hit the ball hard, yeah, expecting it, then then you get a little bit dicey. And then again, yeah, I know it's tough. I mean, this, even this whole conversation is difficult. Oh, but, yeah, you know, there, this whole conversation is actually one of, one of the reasons why I did not want them to sign. Right. You know, because I didn't know, I was like, is, are they going to get into a situation where I'm glad Hummel posted, uh, said this, by the way, in an article earlier this week, I was like, are they going to have to make that painful decision that none of us want to see made? But, but Hummel pointed out that he's not going anywhere. You no. know, they, they know what he is. No, I mean, I think they, again, they knew that you, you sign Albert Pujols, he's here until he doesn't want to be here <laughs> or until he has that. Yeah. It, right. Well, it, you're right. I mean, right. the closest, th- the closest they're going to get to a, uh, uh, a, uh, walking papers is a hip impingement. You know, yeah. is that kind of what you're saying? Well, uh, no, it's more the fact that if Albert decided he wanted to retire mid season, then he would, that, okay. Yeah, but other agree. than that, he's going to be good the yeah. rest of the year. And yeah, I, no, agree. I don't, but I also don't think it's a problem right now to put, you know, make Albert Pujols your 26 man on the bench. I agree. You know? I completely, I completely mean, agree with that. That's, that was the worry that we had. It's like, okay, he's going to be here and they're going to feel like they have to use him all the time. And I think mm-hmm. we've gotten to the point where we know they don't have to use him all the time. They're going to use him still. I mean, and Mormal has even said, there's some sentimentality in this, right? He's going to play. Like I feel like he's gonna play once in any road series. Every okay, you know, at least yeah. probably get a start in one road series and get two or three bats in a game, just so those fans can see him. Um, I think he's, you know, he's probably gonna start some games in St. Louis that maybe we're not sure that he should, but you know, yeah. it's a weekend game or something like that, and especially, especially down the stretch if they've clinched or or in a good spot, he'll play some. I mean, obviously, the last probably the last weekend he'll probably play the whole the whole thing, um, at least a couple of bats or whatever. Um, I would not be surprised if the last game of the year he's playing first base, um, and then he gets pulled after the sixth inning or something like that. Unless they're unless they need that game to win, which hopefully it's not to that point. Yeah, but I expect him to play, you know, first base and then be able to pull him off the field and stuff like that and probably pull Yachty at the same time. Um, so the whole place can go nuts. Um, yeah. and, and that's fine because baseball's got to have some of that sentimentality to it. I mean, that's otherwise yeah, that's the beauty of it. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise you just simulate the game and you see who, I mean, it's, it's yeah. no big deal. You've got to have that kind of emotion and stuff to it. I get that. You just got to find that balance where it's not, you don't want a 62 win Cardinal team. <laughs> With you know, for because you wanted a, a, a farewell tour, you've got to you know you want to be competitive while doing that. And so far, they've balanced it pretty well, I think. Uh, you know, can we nitpick here and there? Yeah, sure. But <clears throat> I think that you know, overall, um, they've done a pretty good job of it. Also, the way I said that makes me think of. Have you ever watched 
if you watch Molly on in the in the if you read his quotes or watch his post game, it's really fun because he always asks his own questions and answers them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, he, yeah. he says, you know, are are we happy with what we've seen? No. Is it is it good? Yes. You know, or something like that. It's like yeah. there you go. You know, right <laughs> take the media right out of the whole equation and get the questions you want. It's that's always good. So um so yeah. Um and then, I mean, we've talked about Albert. Let's talk about Yachty. You know, we we, we talked about it a little bit last week because Yachty had gone on the injured list um, before they went to Boston. Um, who actually, he actually didn't go with the team to Boston, which was a little bit surprising. You know, we talked about him probably right yeah, now. I, yeah, exactly. Um, but Boston apparently sent a, a number – uh, a number four from the green monster to back to St. Louis for him. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's interesting. I mean, they obviously took it, taking this rest of thing seriously, which is, and maybe they didn't want to try to divert him because there's no reason for him to go to Milwaukee. I don't know. But, um, but and since then, of course we've got Herrera's come up. And so we've got Kinzer and Herrera. And even if you had Yachty into that mix, yeah, it's just been pretty much a black hole this year. Yeah. I agree with it. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And there's a lot of um the I know that we talked about it yesterday or yesterday last week uh quite a bit about Kisner and this is his time to shine and he better make a run on this and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And and we we know where we stand on that. Uh I'm impressed with with Herrera's game. Um I really enjoyed watching him catch yesterday. Yeah. But offensively he's in the same boat, you know, and it's one of those that where uh, that will be interesting to see how they handle that moving forward. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if it was exactly the same way they're handling it right now, you know, and not, and, and not do much about it, but it's not very often that that has been the weak link offensively for them in a long time. And I'm, and I'm just curious to see if they think that, that Molina will come back with rest healthy and maybe hit a little bit. Or if they're going to have to maybe do some things outside the organization, which would really, would it would really be surprising to me. Yeah, because I mean, if you go out and get a catcher, which is hard to do, and I've heard a lot of people talk about how you don't really want to bring in catchers mid year anyway. Yeah, I agree, especially trying, as analytical as it's become, right? And then just trying to figure out the pitchers and stuff like that. But yeah. even if you could do that, um, you know what does it mean when Yachty comes back? I mean, that guy's not going to start all the time. Yachty's going to, no, you know, no. what does that mean for Kisner and Herrera then? You know, I mean, they, you know, both aren't going to be playing. Um, yeah. I just don't see that as an option. I mean, your best option, like you said, they signed Andrew uh, or yeah. Is it Andrew? Redmond? It's not Andrew. Uh, yeah. I thought it was Austin. Austin. Austin yeah. yeah. I knew it was an A, but I couldn't. Yeah. With it. Austin Romine, who, Again, it's no great shakes, but he has played the game. You know, they could add him to the 40-man and send back Herrera, let him be the starter, you know, split time with Kisner until Yachty comes back and then let him go. It wouldn't be a huge deal. But I don't think that that really solves anything either. I think Romine's pretty much your, you know, play Memphis step because they just lost Ali Sanchez. So, yeah. um, So... I don't know what to do. I mean, Kisner's two for 14 since, uh, since Yachty went down. Herrera's 0 for 5 with four strikeouts. You know, again, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I don't worry so much about Herrera because he's still trying to figure out the league. You know, he was having yeah. a good season. It, it, it's it's going to come 
at least somewhat. But Kisner, you know, he's he's gotten a decent amount of play this year. Um, it would be interesting to talk to. Um, I haven't heard much about it from Kyle and see what he's seeing on Kisner versus what he was in the minor leagues. But, you know, June's been rough entirely on Kisner. The whole month of June, he's hitting 095, and he's played yeah. 14 games. I mean, that's, you know, is the is the grind getting to him? Is, um, you know, is it just the league figuring him out because they're getting to see him a little bit more? Um, you know, he's got, he's just got four hits this month. Uh, one of them was against the the Brewers there, but um, I don't know. I I mean, again, if they're catching a good game, the offense is probably good enough to, to carry all this. Um, but boy, it'd be nice to not feel like you know the whole point of the designated hitter was to not feel like you had a, a dead spot in your lineup. But that really is the way it is right now. Yeah, it's. Uh... I, there's an element to me, like we talked about last week, that that lineup of the future we saw on 20, was it was so exciting, and it mm. felt like that Kisner was ready to, to take that next step after, uh, you know, it, with a little more playing time, and he just hasn't, and he's really wearing it in his at-bats right now, too, which, which, which is really concerning to me. Yeah, and there's no... I mean, there's not really a way to do that. I mean, it's not like you could give him two or three days off and say, look, you know, clear your mind, clear your head, whatever the case may be. Because, I mean, Herrera, I mean, Herrera would love to play, I'm sure. And you're right. It was interesting, you know, the the, the fake that he did on um, McCutcheon to making sure he didn't slide was, yeah. was great. Um, it definitely a uh, highlight from a guy that hasn't, uh, hasn't played much in the major leagues, obviously. Um so I don't know. I mean, do you do you let Herrera have two or three days in a row? Um, you've got this Cub series here where I'm of the go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just say you got the the night game tonight, but then two day games. So do you play? You know, do you let Herrera take two of the three? I, I mean. I'm in that opinion that he he needs to play as much as possible in the beginning. If no worse than fifty fifty split, mm. you know, one of those type of deals. So, you know, I'll be surprised if he doesn't. But I don't. I also don't know if this is there. They feel like this is the only way they're going to get Kisner going as well. Yeah. But you know, and I it'll be interesting. It's we're back. It's back to the excitement of the lineup every night, and I kind of miss that to be honest. With you. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like we talked about last week. I mean, this is a chance for them to figure out yeah. next year a little bit while Yachty's out. And, and I don't, I mean, there still hasn't been any sort of timetable for Yachty to come back, it doesn't sound like. I haven't heard. Yeah. It, it, but it doesn't, I mean, I think they're gonna. he's going to do his best, and they're probably going to, to try to make sure that there's at least enough starts with him and Adam Wainwright plus a few that they could set that record. So they're what, are they like nine back in that? Right. Um, I'm not sure for some reason. I want to say it's nine. I could be wrong, but say it is, they're going to make sure that they can get 10 or 11 starts between when Yachty comes back at the end of the season. So that if something goes wrong or they can, you know, they can break it, whatever. But I mean, right now it's, it feels like all-star break, right? I mean, he comes back probably after the end of the all-star break. 
um, if they're really worried about these knees. Um, and that gives, you know, it gives you a, a, a month basically to try to evaluate some of these guys. And yeah, I think they get a, you know, Kisner's had a good bit of time this year and not that he can't still click or we should just write him off or anything. But I do think that he's not necessarily done enough to just give him the majority of the starts and let Herrera play whenever he plays. I think you're right. I think I'm sure there's matchups issues and stuff like that, but for the most part, yeah, kind of, kind of maybe every other day or, you know, give a guy a couple of days in a row or whatever might be the best missed plan. No, I completely agree. And it's, uh, I mean, it's counterproductive to bring the guys up and just set them, you know what I mean? The whole time. So I, I feel like he needs to play and, and, uh, and, and I, I think that, that they probably will, but, you know, we, we've seen stranger things. That's true. That's true. So, um, before we close it up this, uh, week, um, this is that week of June that we always kind of, as Cardinal fans think about from 2002, um, we had the 20th, it's 20 years now from the passing of Jack Buck, which was Saturday, you know, 18th, which was last Saturday. And then Daryl Kyle, which was Wednesday of this week. Um, you know, 20 years, this isn't, it doesn't feel like it, does it? I mean, for, especially for Kyle, I, I think Buck, we could probably believe that to some degree, just because of, of, you know, he was older, he had had health issues and stuff like that. And it was not unexpected, but the loss of Daryl Kyle, I mean, for me at least is still like, I remember everything about that day. Oh yeah. Yeah. Saturday afternoon game. It's, uh, or was it a, well, yeah. here I am forgetting things. I thought it was, it was because, <laughs> it was. well, I was thinking it was, I know Wrigley. I was like, well, I know it was the start of the weekend. The, uh, yeah, it's ominous. I mean, it, and then the wooden words started leaking out and Girardi made the announcement. I mean, it was, it, it was, it was something else. I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy that uh, uh, it, it brings back a lot of bad memories. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. Yeah, afternoon, Saturday afternoon. I remember I wrote about it at the Substack this week. Or yeah. This week, but you know, turning on the national game because that's when you know that's what you were watching it, and it was like, why are they not on? You know, yeah. Like it's like we do now. It's like, am I in the wrong market? You know, or am I going to get this you know Dodgers game that I don't want because Cardinals? You know, like yeah. I, think I need to watch it. And then, yeah, then to, to find out so suddenly. And, you know, yeah, I, I remember still watching that game that next night, too, you know, Sunday night baseball. And it was like they just didn't want to be there. I mean, they did yeah. because they wanted to honor Daryl Kyle. They were the ones that decided to play. And it would have been amazing. I, I just can't imagine them taking two days off. But, um, but still, it was just it was hard on them. And that's, I, you know, understand that for sure. Uh, it was it was a difficult time all around, and you know, that one hit more than the other two. You know, I yeah. said, you know Josh Hancock and Oscar Tavares, in part because of what Kyle meant, in part because you know even though the other two were sudden, there was other factors involved. Um, you know, it wasn't just out of the blue. I mean, they. I hate to say they contributed to their own death, but you know, you know what drinking and driving and things of that nature. And it's, it's still sad. It's still tragic and it's still shocking, but it doesn't necessarily have the same impact as a guy that as healthy, a 33 year old guy that just goes to bed and doesn't wake up. Yeah. Um, so it, 
incredible. So, um, yeah. And it's hard to believe that, you know, his, you know, his kids are grown, right? I mean, they were five at the time. I think the two were five and one was just a less than a year old. So 25, 21 now. Um, and I'm sure it's, you know, it's difficult. I mean, in those, it just, it's strange. I, I don't have really have words for it because it's just, but it's one of those defining things in Cardinal fandom um, that, you know, we've had a lot of great memories in this, in this organization, but you know, that one, while not a great one is still probably as impactful as any of the others. Yeah. That's uh brings back uh, a lot of memories. And, you know, I remember there was a good piece about it written and I can't, I was trying to look it up while we were talking. I can't remember what it was, but uh, it followed some of the things that had gone through recently with his children and stuff like that. And yeah. just, man, just it, it, it doesn't seem that long ago. And then it does seem like decades ago. I don't know I, if that makes any sense. I'm not, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's just crazy. Yeah. Time, time does that. And there is a, a MLB did a special on the life and death of Daryl Kyle. That's what it was. Yeah. That Okay. That's what it was. Yeah. I remember that. I, and in fact, I don't think I've actually watched it. I saw it on YouTube as I was doing some looking for uh, clips to put in that post. Um, and I need to sit down and watch it because yeah, I think I remember it coming out of the time and everybody saying how, how good it was. So, um, so if you need to check that out, um, if, if you haven't, uh, Cardinals get the Cubs this weekend, Marlins, uh, then an off day before, um, you know, the, the next, the, the off day next week is the last one until the all-star break. They've got a, a stretch of games that are going to be coming it's up. Nuts. So, yeah. Um, they got to win. They kind of pretty much need to win both of these series. though, right? I mean, the Cubs especially have struggled. Um, it would, I know the Brewers are playing uh, the Blue Jays this weekend. I think they have a, maybe a little bit tougher team uh, at the beginning of next week too. I'm not sure who it is. Um, they need to, they need to make up, make some ground and get, you know, gain some games when they can. And this would be a good time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, it. Yeah, it's one of those where you always worry about this one because you kind of throw, throw the records out, unfortunately, when they play each other, especially you now. Chicago is not very good, but you never know how it's going to turn out even being in uh, uh, St. Louis. But, uh, but yeah, you got to put some put some uh, space between you. I still feel like they're really good. I know I've said that several times already, but I, I think that they're going to make a pretty serious run and, and have the line of components. And that's the nice part of having two superstars. Yep. Yeah, and and guys that are really, really being superstars. Um, you know, after after the Marcelo Zuna trade, you kind of worried, and it even Paul Goldschmidt's first year in St. Louis, you kind of wondered, you know, we ever going to be able to get that guy that just really is dominant? And now they've got two of them, so it's very, and they've really, yeah. really done that. Um, yeah, Kyle Hendricks goes tonight, and he's got a five forty three ERA, and he'll still probably. Yeah, oh, you know it. Run around yep. If with that, um, because man, if they come out and score like three runs against uh, Hendricks in the first couple of innings, I'm going to feel a lot, a lot better, uh, and maybe and feel like maybe something has actually changed because, um, you know, yeah, that's that's a guy that's always going to be in that uh, Cardinal Killer category, yeah. and until you beat him, um, you're not going to believe it. Exactly. Uh, all righty. Well, 
we've done enough for this week. Um, Alan, I'll be back with you next week and, and beginning of July and see where things stand. So until then for Alan, I'm Daniel. Good night. Good night.